This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Study top mac and cheese? Both with 100% clean ingredients. Like Vermont white cheddar. Then add bacon, barbecue chicken, or Baja blend. Catering and delivery now available. Who doesn't love a good mac and cheese, right? Imagine one with that cute shell pasta with tangy aged white cheddar cheese. Maybe you have it in a bread bowl with some bacon bits on tap. And yeah, I've made myself a bit hungry. But let's say that you don't have the ingredients or the effort to cook it. It's not like there are any fast food places that can just make that for you, right? Well, you'd be in luck because mac and cheese is one of the things that Panera is actually known for. They're a step up from McDonald's fast food, but a step down from an actual sit-in restaurant. Better yet, they claim to be sustainable with clean ingredients and a transparent menu. And no, I don't mean a menu you can actually see through or is giving you very Y2K vibes, but one that intends to remove anything artificial from their food. Never mind the fact that their ingredient list for an orange scone is a mile long, Panera has good, delicious food with values more wholesome than their whole grain bread. Well, kind of. But this is the image they want to present to the world. But is it the truth? Bruh, look at this dude. <laughs> Wait till you see the... <laughs> oh, no, a couple no, years no, ago, no. an alleged employee at Panera made a viral TikTok showcasing Panera's frozen food. That's right, their natural and healthy food was just frozen. This doesn't mean vacuum-sealed packaging is dangerous, nor does it mean that you can't eat this mac and cheese if you like it. But what seemed to rub people the wrong way is how Panera's tasty and squeaky clean image is so far removed from reality. Clean food, according to the Mayo Clinic, means eating food as close as possible to their natural state. Basically, just not overprocessed, greasy, or fried. Whereas eating fresh means it's not prepackaged and frozen. Panera as a company seems to define clean in their own way, writing on their website that they just don't use artificial ingredients. Plus, since they don't exactly make it easy to source their ingredients in the mac and cheese itself, it's also a bit hard to know for sure if they technically fit either a clean or fresh definition made by someone other than themselves. The thing is, I don't think anyone listening to this would be shocked if I told you that most of the food served at Applebee's is made in a factory and then just reheated on premises. That's how a lot of mid-level chain restaurants actually operate. It's how they make a profit and keep their meals consistent between stores. It's the deception that Panera uses that makes them a bit questionable, if not downright shady. Everything from their soups to their chicken to the mac and cheese is frozen, not fresh. And some of these dishes are now being sold in grocery stores too. Hell, former employees say it's worse than just not fresh, but that the meats can stay out for hours at a time and customers should avoid the bread completely, which, you know, would basically meet almost the entire menu. But the question that continues to plague me is, If Panera really is this bad, then how come they've gotten away with their natural, healthy, fresh image for so long? Well, that's what we're gonna try and get to the bottom of today and take a look at on today's episode of The Corporate Casket. Panera unveiling a new ad campaign today entitled Food As It Should Be. The focus is on health, transparency, all natural ingredients. Consumers want food that they can trust. They want food that's both good for them and is simply good. And Panera is moving to, We believe in transparency. You know, I remember when... ...to provide better food with simpler ingredients. 
Panera joins several chains pledging to make their food more pure. I've spoken about greenwashing before. Companies will claim something is natural, green, and or clean to make more sales and promote a wholesome image when in reality, they're not using regulated and fully defined terms. We just saw that Panera uses their own definition of clean on their website. And I guess if we're kind of making up our own definitions now, I'm just gonna go ahead and define myself as a billionaire. I don't have a billion dollars, but my definition of a billionaire is someone with a triangle head, therefore I qualify now. And do you see how stupid it is when you co-opt words to sound better than you actually are? Like I'm not a billionaire, not even remotely close, but uh, you know, if you just change the definition to fit whatever vibe it is you actually want, then sure, but the word itself loses all actual value. I guess that's a lesson Panera struggles with because here we are. Nonprofits have actually sued them for this because not only does Panera market with their definition of the word, but their products aren't even cleaned by their own definition. Like how do you make the rules and then mess up your own rules? The Clean Label Project and GMO Free USA said that Panera's products like sandwiches and other breads tested positive for glyphosate. And if you don't know what that is, it's one of the main ingredients in Bayer's Roundup Weed Killer, apparently. Delicious. And no, it's also not as if Panera just had a teeny little bit in there from pesticides, but when they were tested against 15 other restaurants, they were actually the highest levels of the 15. Quote, Panera has invested heavily in a campaign, convincing customers that their food is clean. Reasonable consumers would expect that Panera's food would be glyphosate-free, said Jacqueline Bowen, executive director of Clean Label Project. Personally, I don't really think labeling food as clean or natural holds much weight in the first place because it's really just like a marketing or buzzword at this point. But if you're going to use a buzzword to sell food, the least you can do is actually try to stick by it. Maybe attempt to do what your advertising suggests. Just maybe. Panera Bread is pledging to remove all artificial additives and preservatives from its food by the end of next year. On its website, Panera published a list of some of the 150 ingredients that will change. Despite claiming to be healthy, clean, and all that good stuff, Panera's food may not be as nutritious as you think either, regardless of a little bit of weed killer in there. In some of their dishes, like the turkey sandwich, they're serving up a ton of sodium, and their tomato soup has more calories and fat than Campbell's. Not all fats are bad or anything, it's just to say that Panera isn't a superior option by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, when you look at calories, fat, and salt intake, Panera is pretty much on par with any other fast food chain out there. And by the way, that includes the salads. Before the dressing, they still have huge amounts of salt in them. But hey, since they don't have anything from their no-no list of artificial ingredients, at least they have that going for them. Also, can I just say that I love that they call it a no-no list as if they're like a parent trying to teach their kids that no bullying, no hitting, and no screaming is allowed on a playground or something. The point of all this is though, that this is an ad campaign and a very successful one, according to the data. Once seeing Panera's clean campaign, almost half of the 1000 respondents to AYTM said that they would be more probable to choose Panera bread for healthier eating. But even the most basic sources, even the Today Show, know that a Panera flatbread isn't really any healthier than a flatbread you can get anywhere else. Panera has been using this kind of purpose marketing for some time now. If they make an emotional connection with customers and act like they share values with the common man, then brand loyalty and sales will go up. That isn't to say that they don't donate their bread after sunset or that they don't find any value in it, but the jaded cynic in me says that I'm not sure they'd keep up with the Panera Bread Foundation if they were cutting into their profits and if it weren't for the very positive brand image that it gives them. Maybe they do really value natural or organic ingredients, but if it weren't a trend and it cut into their bottom line, I'm not so sure they'd keep it around. 
So let's go ahead and see how much Panera really does care. What are they actually doing to prove it? Panera has promised to reach net zero emissions 27 years from now. It feels kind of hollow that every company is promising to do better, but setting the goalpost so far away that it doesn't do much good for us in the present when we're already feeling the effects of climate change right now. They say that they're going to offer plant-based food and drink offerings as part of their sustainability initiatives. I've got so many things wrong with these initiatives to begin with, but let me just address a few of them. So firstly, going plant-based doesn't actually solve the massive industrial problems with deforestation in plant and meat-based industries. So the attitude of look at all the good we're doing feels entirely unwarranted. Secondly, they're including an apple in the menu. As in, oh, hey, look, we have a plant-based menu because we'll serve you an apple and some oatmeal and bagels. And let me just ask, in what world does a single apple equate to the same meal as a turkey sandwich? I just don't stretch to the truth here. Like you do not have an extensively plant-based menu, at least not nearly as extensive as you claim. And thirdly, I'm going to borrow the words of introverted activists because they worded it the best and better than I ever could when they said, and I quote, they tell the vegan community that they care about the environment, so they're going more plant-based, but they tell the carnist community that they care about animals, so they only serve humane animal products. They just want money from compassionate consumers. And at the end of the day, that's hitting the nail directly on the head. Many companies out there only care about the environment if it's going to help line their pockets. Some of the ways they have helped have also been incredibly superficial and in my opinion, pathetic. For example, Panera partnered with the World Resources Institute to measure the carbon dioxide emissions in their food. This way, consumers can make a positive choice that will help impact the planet, which sounds great, right? But uh, why does Panera deserve the credit for this? The only thing they actually did was add a little label to the menu and the consumers do the rest. It's not as if Panera was saying, oh, hey, here's how we're actively working to lower our carbon footprint. They're literally guilting their customers into choosing a sandwich over another sandwich. But for the record, they'll still sell both sandwiches, even the one that has the meaner, scarier carbon emissions, because at the end of the day, it's really more about profit, but they give you the option of choosing one that's a little better so that you can feel good while you're filling your stomach. And really it comes down to why are you making your dishes your customer's problem? The answer of course is most likely money because even Panera has said this builds loyalty and trust with their customers. It makes them look earth friendly, like they care when they really don't need to do anything all that difficult in the first place. And again, this is totally my opinion. I'm not saying they're monsters for adding a little cool food meal badge on menu items to encourage customers to pick a more earth friendly choice. But the way it's presented, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. But while their environmental accountability and greenwashing may bother some more than others, there's one thing I hope we can all be objectively upset by, the shit way that they treat their employees. Just the guy to explain it to us, one of my heroes, Ron Shake, the co-founder and retiring CEO of Panera Bread. Mr. Shake, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to Great see you. Great to see you, Ron. Come Great here. to see you. You are terrific. You. you look fabulous. Thank you. All right, so what's Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, gotta get some I want you all to take a wild guess as to what Panera's turnover rate is. What rate of employees do they lose or replace every single year? A typical fast food restaurant like McDonald's might lose around 130 to 150%. That's pretty abysmal, and that basically means that more people pass through those doors than actually stay in the long term. But McDonald's isn't like Panera, right? They're very different, so they're bound to have different numbers. Well, not really. Panera's turnover rate is almost 100%, 100. 
This isn't exactly uncommon for the restaurant sector in general, just for the record, which lands at a whopping 82% on average. By no means is Panera alone, and this number without any other context wouldn't be a huge cause for alarm either. But when you get into the reason for this turnover rate, you start to see inherent problems with Panera itself. Panera problems, panblums, proneria. I don't know, there's a word for it somewhere in there, I'm sure. Panar, panabrums, I don't know. Anyway, let's take a closer look at the issues. Reviews any and everywhere on the internet claim that employees are treated pretty poorly. One of the only positives listed by an associate in Tallahassee was a free loaf of bread every week. And the cons were numerous. And it ranges anywhere from poor pay to terrible communication between managers and shift supervisors leading to contradictory information getting tossed around and everything in between. A Business Insider article has employees list their pros and cons too, and the pros are a tight-knit atmosphere, learning how to handle conflict, saving money on food, and a decent starting wage. And honestly, all of it's basic, standard stuff for a starting job, except for the food discount, really. Though I've got to be honest, I don't really know anyone so obsessed with Panera's food that they work there purely for that reason. As for the cons, they're a bit more severe. Customers are rude and Panera sticks to the customer is always right mantra, meaning that employees are often up against management. District and store managers move around frequently, leading to lack of recognition and understaffing, low inventory and plenty of other conflicts. Then of course there's the drive-through, which apparently uh, Panera has drive-throughs now? I didn't know that was an issue. But anyway, uh, apparently with drive-through issues, the food isn't served as quickly as McDonald's because uh, the restaurant obviously wasn't designed that way. Large orders in a Panera drive-through is a nightmare, especially during the dinner rush. And to me, I just don't feel like those small little list of pros are worth it for all of these huge cons. And only one of them is semi-exclusive to Panera. But let's try to figure out some more Panera-specific issues here. On Indeed, other reviewers say that it really depends on the managers. Some made the job pleasant, while others were supposedly condescending and reluctant to help in times of need. So it's all the fault of the terrible managers, right? I guess Panera is just bad at finding food management, right? Well, that's also not the case. As way too many managers in the fast food industry could tell you, they're also treated like dirt by the company. It's not saying that all companies do this, but way too many do, and Panera is no exception. Tiffany Polliser worked long shifts at Panera as a manager from 5 a.m. to late in the afternoon, ending her week with over 50 hours on the clock. But she wasn't actually paid for those hours because she was a manager, which was a salaried position, and Panera took advantage of that to the absolute maximum. Her kids got out of school at two and she needed to pick them up. But because of how many times she needed to stay late to cover for other employees, her husband needed to quit his job as a result to help with childcare. In the end, she only made between 32 dollars to $40,000 per year. So how is something like this allowed? Well, the New York Times explains, Federal law requires employers to pay time and a half overtime to hourly workers after 40 hours, and to most salaried workers whose salary is below a certain amount, currently about $35,500 a year. Companies need not pay overtime to salaried employees who make above that amount if they are bona fide managers. So feasibly, if you wanted to pay a manager $40,000 a year, which is not all that much in this economy, you can't work them to the bone, demand they do more than 40 hours a week, and then not pay them for it. And apparently that's perfectly legal. And in many cases, these employees feel seriously pressured to take it too. And if they don't have a college degree, it's kind of an essential step on the corporate ladder. You can't climb your way up without this type of experience. And corporations like Panera know this and seemingly exploit it by giving frontline workers the title of manager purely to use them and deny them overtime. 
But this isn't just me having some pyramid speculative moment. Federal data lends credibility to this theory too, because while the workforce shrank drastically from 2019 to 2021, the number of managers didn't. Lawyers that represented workers around this type said that they suspected businesses mislabeled employees as managers even more during the pandemic to save money on overtime. This isn't to say that frontline workers are being promoted undeservedly, but merely to stress that businesses win in these situations as they are the ones who are essentially getting free extra labor. Now, if someone calls in sick, hey, you've got a manager that can fill in despite them already being overworked. And as we saw a moment ago, reviews for Panera are going to blame poor management for a bad experience. Again, I'm not going to give every manager a pass here. There are genuinely some terrible managers out there. If they're mistreating employees, then yes, that's still on them. But I think it's also fair to say that lower management could be far more effective at performing their job if places like Panera were not overworking and underpaying them while so many businesses were understaffed. It's kind of just a recipe for disaster, but hey, at least it's a natural recipe, right? And to clarify, again, this is not a uniquely Panera problem. Dunkin' Donuts has done this, Jack in the Box has done this, Chipotle has done this, and they've been flayed and roasted over an open fire multiple times for doing this. But why does it matter so much that Panera does this? The thing is, it's gross when any business thoughtlessly exploits their employees in this way, no matter who it is. But what especially bothers me about Panera is the same reason why I was pissed at Starbucks. It's hypocritical. They claim to care so much about the state of the planet, their food, and they even launched a pay-what-you-can restaurant in Boston. But at the end of the day, they just don't actually care about a lot of things. They seem to launch environmental initiatives for profit. They treat their employees like trash. And they closed Panera Cares because when struggling members of the community used it and paid little to nothing, suddenly they didn't want to be a community organizer anymore. But there's so much more to Panera Cares than just a social experiment. It also paved the way for some even more serious issues to arise. And before we take a moment to discuss that Panera doesn't really care and some of their failed initiatives and the problems there, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor. And the first sponsor of today's episode is actually going to be me. Hello. If you didn't know, uh, I have a merch shop, multilevelmerch.shop. Feel free to check it out. We've got some really cool designs and we're going to be releasing some new stuff here very soon. And I'm very excited to release it. It's just a little something we've been working on behind the scenes. So make sure to check out some cool merch, multilevelmerch.shop to uh, take a look. It's going to be linked in the description box as well. And uh, yeah, thank you. Flavor is in full bloom at HelloFresh. Enjoy the taste of spring with chef-crafted recipes featuring ripe seasonal ingredients delivered right to your door. HelloFresh does more than just delicious dinners. Not only can you take your pick from about 40 weekly recipes, but you can choose from over 100 items to round out your order, from snacks and easy lunches to desserts and pantry necessities. Everything arrives in one box on a delivery day that you choose. And you guys know I love a ton of menu items from HelloFresh, and I really love that they've been incorporating a lot more vegetarian and vegan options. I've noticed recently that I'm starting to have a bit of an intolerance to meat. I don't know what happened, but I'm starting to really struggle with that. And I kind of used to have a vegetarian and vegan menu that I used to eat kind of regularly on my own anyway. So it's really nice that HelloFresh has actually been adding more of these items so I can add more variety to my food too. And they seriously have some good stuff. I'm looking at a future upcoming box here just to see like what's coming up and what options I have. And I'm looking at getting some, look at this, sweet potato and pepper quesadillas with Southwest crema and tomato salsa. That sounds delightful. But also like cranberry apple kale salad and some chickpea tacos, which sounds amazing. I'm absolutely obsessed with chickpea. I think, I think everybody is though, honestly. So I don't, maybe I'm not that special there, but I absolutely love chickpea. 
So if you're ready to get cooking this spring and summer, make sure you go to hellofresh.com slash casket16 and use code casket16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. And of course, let me know what delicious meals you end up trying too. Again, that's hellofresh.com slash casket16 and use code casket16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Panera claimed that college students in Boston, Massachusetts mobbed the Panera Cares restaurant and disturbed homeless patrons that visited every single day. According to Eatery, they limited homeless people to a few meals a week and even hired security guards. Apparently got very, very bad. They did have a few other locations like Chicago, Portland, and Dearborn, but Boston was the last one standing. The thing is, if financial visibility was the only issue, then we could maybe just say, hey, this didn't work out. It was a thoughtful experiment and it just wasn't meant to be. However, it goes a bit deeper than that. Ron Shake, the former CEO of Panera, said that Panera Cares actually led to racial profiling within the restaurant itself. Quote, People would walk in and staff would assume, based on how they looked, how they were dressed, potentially the color of their skin, how much they were going to pay. Sensitivity training became a requirement for employees, but it doesn't end there. Customers got upset too, telling staff that the homeless people eating there smelled bad and they couldn't eat their food. And as at-risk customers began entering the locations, Panera employees were now dealing with drug use in the bathrooms and other things that they simply were not equipped or ready to handle. It's a sad reality, and while their intentions may have been good, or maybe just to look good, I'm not so certain, Panera just didn't think this idea through. Sheikh said that he hadn't been trying to create a soup kitchen, but a way to have a real meal with dignity. But Panera is a largely profitable business, People aren't going to view their pay-what-you-can model all that seriously because they can afford to lose money here and there. Whereas if you look at a local cafe or smaller nonprofits that have used this model, they've found great success because people believe in their message and understand their charities from the onset. Panera is not a charity. And if you ever wanted to make a profit at these locations, then maybe don't use this model without some sort of outside help or supervision from people who actually specialize in running these types of programs. The way you went about it was just not the move here. Now, as just a quick little warning or disclaimer here, the rest of this episode will mention abuse. So if you're not in the headspace to hear about this, feel free to end today's episode here. Now, this of course is not the only thing that Panera would probably like to forget. The owner also apparently has Nazi ties. And I swear, it feels like every few companies I research, there's some serious anti-Semitism and Nazi ties happening in the background, but I just, I didn't see this one coming from Panera. I really didn't. Apparently, Albert Raymond and his son used forced laborers under the Nazis in World War II for their industrial chemicals company. NBC reported on this in 2019, but in a surprise twist, Panera owned up to this and their ancestors said that they were ashamed. I will say it's a mildly pleasant surprise here because I'm just not used to seeing that happen. So at least the descendants have recognized that their wealth is built on blood money and tragedy. You see, back in 1937, Albert Raymond Jr. had told the leader of the SS, quote, we are a purely Aryan family business that is over a hundred years old. The owners of the company are unconditional followers of the race theory. They had about 175 forced laborers to produce items for the German army and were so bad that even the Nazi office in charge of them said that they were being too harsh. And that's right. Raymond had thrown their workers out of a bomb shelter himself and one of his workers died. And he allowed workers to be beaten, sexually abused and forced women to stand at attention naked. To reiterate, an actual Nazi told Raymond to cool it, that like this was too much, the Nazis. The heirs to his family fortune built on horrific treatment, the Panera bread people. 
It's a bit of a wild ride and one hell of a connection I didn't make. Just like when I found out like the 9-11 to My Chemical Romance to Fifty Shades of Grey connection. And I think like Twilight is mixed in there too or something like that also threw me for a loop. But this one too, just as surprising, didn't see that coming. Now, in fairness and to their credit, the family has been disgusted by these past actions and obviously words and things that were said and done, and they have donated millions to helping Holocaust victims. They'll give around 10 million euros away in total. Other sources say they're donating $10 million. Either way, that's a nice big chunk, chunky, happy number, and it's great that they're actually doing something. And that sounds a lot like it. It's a life-changing amount of money to us. Like, I don't know, if someone dropped $10 million in my lap, I would probably first have a mental breakdown and cry. Um, actually, that would probably be the first thing I do for a long time. I, I don't know what I would do, honestly. I'd, it's just, it's kind of an unfathomable amount of money. And as much as I'd like to sit here and daydream and be like, oh my God, like that would be so cool. I just, it's, I'd rather just keep my head focused on reality and like what's actually gonna happen in life versus like, you know, a magical $10 million showing up out of nowhere. But the point is to say $10 million is a lot of money to a lot of people. That's not an insignificant number. And the fact that they are donating it and making their own form of kind of reparations for how their wealth essentially came into be, I think that that's something that should be recognized. But while I recognize that, that's also apparently kind of chump change for this family because they don't just hold a majority stake in Panera, but also Krispy Kreme, Einstein Brothers Bagels, Cody, Pete's Coffee, Keurig Green Mountain, Stumptown, and more. And oh, uh, did I mention they're worth about $37 billion. And that's what, around a fourth of a Jeff Bezos right now? So ultimately $10 million is not much to them while it's absolutely a lot to us and they know that. They have built their wealth on pain and suffering and one of the worst tragedies and despicable acts of humankind. And their apology is to give away less than one three thousandth of their wealth. And I'm not saying that they deserve to be out on the streets and give up any penny that they've ever earned because I recognize these descendants did not commit the horrible crimes of their ancestors. But $10 million falls flat when you get a little bit more of an explanation and a little bit more of the corporate overview of their empire. I just, it doesn't put a dent in their wealth and maybe I'm just jaded here, but I just feel like they just can't write that off as a nice hefty taxable donation to make everyone feel good about them. Well, really it's just a tax benefit and at the end of the day, they all win and we still all lose. Plus, I just don't buy that this family is like truly, truly sorry for their Nazi idolizing roots. While like what they're doing is by no means forced labor, torture, and actual slavery, the way that the Rymans were running their family companies during World War II, they still aren't actually putting their workers first. And in my opinion, they're still taking advantage of ways to pay their employees as little as possible. They're still exploiting people just for a new generation. At the end of the day, they're still stupidly rich billionaires that will pinch every penny out of a customer with their greenwashing campaigns while never once truly putting their money where their blood-stained silver spoon holding mouths are. So keep your mac and cheese, Panera. It isn't that good anyway. And that's why Panera is on my no-no list. But with all of that being said, that is where I'm going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. I wanna thank you so much for making it to the end of today's episode. I really do appreciate it. And uh, as always, thank you for your time and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.
Star Sandwich with the palm of your hand. You've heard that right, the restaurant chain partnering with Amazon to test its palm reading payment technology. See it right there on your screen right now. It's only available in two St. Louis locations.